Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 25 of Daffy's Roundtable. This week, we're going to tackle a concept that we've discussed in multiple episodes, and it's also been discussed on both the Amphibicast podcast and the Animals at Home podcast. I'm referring to the differences between the aquarium hobby and the reptile hobby, and we're going to be discussing the different technologies and the different DIY strategies that exist in both. My guest for today is Greg Nikitin of Beneath the Canopy Exotics. Greg has been in both the aquarium hobby and the reptile hobby, and so has experience from both sides. He also is an extremely talented DIYer and can come up with practical solutions for pretty much any problem. This is also where Beneath the Canopy Exotics comes into play. But before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out and thank you to Exoterra for continuing to sponsor this podcast and making this episode possible. Exoterra makes quality products for our pets reptiles to make them feel at home. I also wanted to say another quick thank you to everyone listening. I truly appreciate all the support and I have a lot planned for 2023, so make sure you stick around. Okay, without further ado, everybody please help me welcome Greg Nikitin of Beneath the Canopy Exotics. Hello, Greg. Hello. <laughs> that was very long, huh? That was long, but that was, that was good. It was good, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so, kind of already touched on what we're going to be talking about here, but I'm going to dive in right away and ask you what's your opinion, well, first of all, you've been in both hobbies. Yes. You've been keeping animals for a long time now. Yeah. I got, I, I got into reptiles oh, as go, a yeah. teenager. Okay. Um, with what's now shunned upon as the common green iguana. Um, but you still think they're awesome? I still think they're incredible. Um, but people are afraid of that adolescent period of them where they kind of get grumpy. Um, but uh, yeah, I was in the fish hobby for a long time. Um, Bred a lot of things. Did a lot of breeding and then just kind of continue. I do more frogs and, and reptiles now than, than fish, but I've always, I'm always dabbling. And you still have a 75 setup. Yeah. 75 gallon. Yeah. 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 So in other words, you have good insight to both sides of the hobby. I like to hope so. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's why you're the perfect person yeah. <laughs> to have this conversation with. So before we get into like kind of the more technical stuff, I was to ask you, what's like kind of the biggest, it's kind of not the best way to phrase this, but like attitude shift between like reptile keeping mm. and fish keeping or like how people's mentalities are in the two, what would you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, the the fish hobby has definitely progressed a lot more than the reptile hobby, or at least a lot quicker. Maybe not quicker, because yeah, it's been around so long. long. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's embracing kind of the modern uh, the modern age a little bit easier yeah. um, than the reptile hobby. Um, fish people, if you don't have something that works, I think people are willing to think outside the box to try and get oh, something please. to yeah. to come up with that. Um, yeah, there's some people who are obviously more prone to do it than others, but everyone seems a lot more open. Like Greg, for it. example. Um, yeah. And. Within the reptile hobby, I, I find when I do something that's, oh, well, I need a solution for something, it's never it, it available. Not, never available or yeah. no one's ever really thought of trying it that I've been able to track down um, yeah. for a fairly simple yeah. um, ideas. Yeah. What are some, some, like, some cool things that you've done or to some things that you've had to battle and on the fish side um, that um, you know that there aren't actually any products available that you've had to DIY yeah. yourself. I, I think on uh, some of the bigger battles on the fish side, 
you know, there, there's stuff like creating overflows and bulkheads and, um, and stuff like that. But I think, um, trying to create when you're trying to create an environment for fish, you think about what you want and then like what species you're wanting to work with. And then you try and recreate the environment more accurately than people are prone to do in the reptile hobby. Yeah. Um, so by creating, um, you know, making a manifold in a large fish tank. So you, so you reduce the amount of swirling and you can have high flow fish that really play and enjoy the water and you can get yeah you've get done the that most before, get right? the most out of them yeah, yeah the so, river tank yeah so okay so how, how did you like where did the concept of the river tank come from and how did you kind of get it to work um there were just a lot of species that i really really enjoyed but i didn't feel like they were being kept in the hobby properly um they're higher oxygen uh fish that you know, people will, um, they'll survive okay. in a tank, but, but I prefer to make them thrive right. in a yeah. tank. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's kind of the challenge of trying to come up with something. People have done manifolds yeah. before. Um, so it wasn't anything that, that wasn't something that I was making that was really like far outside the box, but it is, it is a common DIY if someone's wanting to be doing a, a river system where you, you, you have, you, you'll have um, intakes on, on one side that, that'll, that with, with tubing that, that comes underneath the substrate and then, then comes up and, and pushes the water forward. So it makes more water travel in one direction. You'll never get rid of some of the swirling, but in nature you don't either. But um, so to be able to kind of. So it's kind of like when you have like a film canister, but something's going into the intake going back out the out or whatever the yeah. other way around but you had it going in a specific direction in the tank yeah so i i would get um no my brains yeah so I, I would get bulkheads blowing and they would be pulling water from the, the the pipes and pushing it but the water would be getting sucked in from the other end of the tank to yes. be pushed out yeah so it would it would make more of a directional um uh, flow and what kind of species were you keeping there um i had um a bunch of, a few different gobies some plecos i had rainbow shiners uh white cloud mountain minnows awesome. um oh, a few others it was a few years back now i can't yeah. remember remember all of them awesome um but the challenge with that that i had to think about afterwards is we actually had a tornado and lost power and when you're dealing with high oxygen fish it, that doesn't I, work. I, I thought about that afterwards. Yes. You know, yeah. I sat there with a whisker trying, yeah. to, trying to get well, we had the, back the, into the, that, that. But this wasn't the blackout a couple months ago. This no, was. this is a number of years ago. Okay, this is yeah. about five years ago. Yeah. Um, the, one, the one we had a couple, I was also in the fish room just, yeah. just anything yeah. really. Someone actually came afterwards, someone was uh, had come up with the great idea of getting those wind up frogs okay. for a bathtub. Yeah. That, Oh, they do that yeah. and like they go down and just wind them just up and have them going around the surface i was like oh that would have saved would have saved my wrist see nobody you know? in the rest of the <laughs> thought of that <laughs> okay but, no, that's uh, that's very cool but yeah so i i find um you know pe people are just really really i think a lot more open and excited to do diy stuff make their own canisters canister yeah, filters even, yeah you know 
Um, part of it's because fish stuff can get so expensive. Okay. Um, I think so. When I had, you know, twenty tanks plus, um, it was definitely a factor. To, Did you used to heat the room or heat the every aquarium individually? I actually. I did both at different times. Um, I, I my my last room was small enough that I could I could heat it quite easily, and so I, I did that. Yeah, no. okay. um, but you know, when I had my fish room, that was just yeah. in my basement. It's it's always something it, I'm, it, I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, when I they have its own separate area. Yeah. You know? But then, it, but then, if you know you're doing fish, and then amphibians in the same room, that's when it gets complicated. Yeah, can't exactly. get complicated. You need right? to heat the fish room. You need to cool. Yeah. It. yeah so it's so uh, it matters what you're keeping here. to how how it works and okay. how it doesn't. You know? Yeah. What do you do now? Um, you're just keeping mostly amphibians now, anyway. I, I have mostly amphibians yeah. and reptiles. Yeah. Um, I have one seventy-five gallon tank going. Like honestly, I I, I kind of push the limit a little bit from what the what's what's the okay tropical temperatures temperature and, and yeah, I, yeah. I keep the room temp and and i i honestly oh, I you don't have a heater on the 75 i don't have a heater on the 75 and the fish look really good in there and i breed fish yeah. in there yeah. that are tropicals yeah it's interesting um so i i think there's a lot more to it than just you know, I don't know how long ago, what, 50 years ago, someone said tropical fish are 78, 78 degrees. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, yeah, you know, they have, depending on where they are, yeah, some days will be 78 and some will be much cooler and some will be 68 and, and yeah. some will be 98, you know. So um, I've successfully bred um, White Cloud Mountain minnows, which are a bit of a cooler, yes, cooler temp. You know, they can live in tropical temps but cooler temp and I've, I've done them in a pond in the summer in the sun where it got into the mid 90s yeah and they still bred successfully like really successfully yeah like at the end of the season i had yeah. way too many fish i it was my um, first time doing pond outside well you know this but it was my first time doing pond outside and really successfully is yeah. an understatement yeah they, they, yeah they do well outside they yeah. really do um yeah there's there's quite a few flies i had a fruit fly culture <laughs> um, that uh, I opened it in. I don't know this why there was flies yeah, in there. Yeah. Something happened. Got too warm or something. Something like yeah. that. Uh, now there's flies over in the room and it's not yeah. fun. Um, so if you end up in your drink today. Uh, protein. Right? Protein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I said, okay, so yeah, so that was like the fish side. Yeah. And then what about the reptile side? Um, I find with, with reptiles and amphibians, like people have really gotten into the, like, the bioactive kind yes. of uh, the naturalistic um, side of things, which is great. Um, I think the next step we need to look at as a hobby is kind of a, just a be, being a little more specific in um, tailoring to your to the animal you're putting in. Yeah, um, that I think is. Uh, it, we seem to kind of go okay well this is kind of a rough crusty kind of yeah this thing. setup fits 10 20 so, species I yeah so of, this species yeah. just just fits in that and, and and it'll it'll do okay in that yeah absolutely you know but um i think that's where the fish hobby has progressed with where more and more people are trying to 
create those biomes, like the, yeah. the, the environment. These species come from yeah. here, and even the plant species it's are harder. It's hard, because plant course. species are a tough thing to try yeah. and match up to an area. Um, I tried to do a New Caledonia one, and I only got like two plant species. The yeah. rest of them were like... Oh, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, and, it's, and it matters. That's more like where plants are coming from. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're popular yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah. South America is pretty easy because we get a lot yeah. of a lot of stuff from there. But um, but even then, specific regions. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it, it's a lot more detailed, I guess. Than it, it is. Yeah, and, and and you know, with people, if want people want to do a cooler, depending on where you live, too. Like, I find with the aquarium. Hobby. People, I think, a little more are prone to start going out into their local world, okay, and and being and trying things and collecting daphnia. Okay, or, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. trying to collect plants, yeah, that's or, true. Um, so like that, where the reptile hobby, very people cute. are petrified. Yeah, it's very true. I didn't of think of that. Collecting sticks or. You know, even leaf litter. Leaf litter like you that, know, yeah. if if you wait too long, you can get bacterias and and stuff like that. And uh, how valid that is, we don't know. We don't actually. I, know I've never. Yeah. I, I, all I can go by That's, is what I hear within that realm. And um, yeah, it's so actually I, a very good point. I often like, just don't do leaf collecting because. Yeah. I always miss where I think is the comfort zone. Yeah, well, you know, so it's, so it's right now, by the way. What's that? It's like right now. Is the it is, but we just had a bunch of rain. Rain, yeah, I know. That's so in it's, three it's days, are we going to be having molds develop? Yeah, I don't know. I you think know, the best so... thing to do would be to bring them in and sterilize them like immediately, like bake them almost immediately and then rebake them again when you're going to use them or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, um, I think I think kind of as they're falling, not cat. I don't mean standing up. That would be ideal, maybe. But, uh, but but it's um, you know, as soon after they fall, fallen, if you collect them and bag them, I don't. Yeah, or put. Like, I don't think you really have to do. Yeah, I don't think you really have to do much with it at that point. You know, like, yeah, just bag it. Um, but but I'm 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 a believer that you can also get sticks from out in the woods. Them, yeah, and as long as you dry them. Well, like if you've collected something that has bark on it, you're gonna want to peel. Yeah, because the bark back is all everything's living in that, and the moisture's kept there, and that'll start rotting the wood and everything else. And if you leave bare, I just let it dry out well, and I've never I've never noticed myself bringing any critters. Yeah, and I've never had any problems. Like a, another thing, like another another thing that we've talked about before. Um, is like another difference like you know with with like fish and the, the reptile hobbies when fish people are willing to kind of improvise and innovate whereas like you know an example that comes up is like backgrounds right yes. everyone's gotten used to using like great stuff now everybody uses great stuff there's no yes nobody actually wants to go and read the ingredients and see if anything else will work or if anything else is safe or, or not safe or from that um aspect what do you think of that? And you actually, you, you, you go a different way and you use different things and you've actually stopped using the foam and you've started using like the styrofoam. I do. I, so, I know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was, I used spray foam for a long time. Um, I've had it, um, messy. It was very hard to kind of sculpt into what you actually want. Um, but it's a very quick, easy way of kind of like sticking something on, shredding it into pieces, yeah, and throwing some paint on it, and you have something that looks 
decent. Decent, you yeah. Know? And some people can make that look incredible, more than decent. Um, I've kind of gone uh, in a bit of a different direction of, of late, where I use um, rigid insulation foam, the pink foam. Um, I can really sculpt it into different things, so I can I can make it um, into slate by kind of breaking off little yeah sheets of it, or yeah. and I'll show like um, or I can or you can you can carve it back with wire brushes or with knives or with with things to create different effects. You can even melt it with a hot glue with a yeah. hot, hot stick glue. different layers on uh, uh, a heat gun. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do that for different effects. Um, and, and the reality is some of that stuff can, can go in it, even in an aquarium. Yeah. Um, it can withstand the high humidity. Cause yeah, cause yeah. you use it in oh, yeah. high, humidity, the high liquid. Cause you use yeah. it in frog tanks as well. And... Oh yeah. I use it in frog tanks. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a guy a few years back. He, uh, he had, um, he, he built this beautiful foam wall and done dry lock on it. And that was the background for an aquarium. You know, yeah. but he was again thinking a little bit outside the box. Like a lot of aquarium, a lot of fish people wouldn't have kind of pushed that. They'd be more prone to buy something, as as people are. Not everyone's creative in that same way. Yeah. But uh, pardon me. But but yeah, I, I also I think in the hobby we've become very stuck. Someone discovers something that works, so we've got now we've got the dry lock method, and everyone uses the concrete pigment for it which has you know if you're lucky you can find three different colors in your area yeah for that for the pigment um but there's other things out there right I, i've i've successfully been using um non-toxic um children's acrylic paint i buy tubs of it and, and now i have tons of different colors yeah. I, I can i can use so I'll, I'll make little squirt bottles of different colors yeah because before it was just like the rocky and, outcrops or the yeah and then, or and then, and then i'll do dry brushing i'll do all kinds of different things to lighten things up but if i if i have a bunch of pre-made things i can then kind of control what i'm doing and really kind of make it more artistic and yeah um and again that's just kind of thinking outside the box not everyone's necessarily going to be comfortable trying that. I tested it out for a long time with plants because everyone was talking about how their 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 plants and frog tanks were um, if they touched the dry lock, yeah, were dying off. Yeah, I remember that. So I started doing some tests to see if it was the dry lock or if it was the pigments being put in the dry lock. And what was it? And it seems to be the pigments. Yeah. You know, I've switched over to acrylics and. I don't have that problem anymore. Okay. I did. I did my tests, and my tests weren't as solidly conclusive as I would have liked. But the problem is, sometimes you do it, and things dry really well. Yeah. yeah. And get rinsed off proper better than other times. For sure. So I I didn't really do a. It's the liquid. Really great case study. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, you know? the liquid pigments. Is, yeah. So yeah, yeah, the concrete liquid pigments. pigments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. But the. The dry granular pigments don't seem to have the same issues with yeah. the plants. Interesting. I wonder if it just um, but they're a lot harder to mix in. They're really hard to mix in. Yeah. I, I I just think there's something in it, you know. Okay. Um, and once it dries and it cures and it and it's all cleaned off, it's not an issue for the animal. Yeah. Um, maybe while it's still in that point, it is a little bit of an issue for the animal, but not enough that anyone notices. 
but the acrylic I've I've never had any interesting any issues with interesting as a, using that as a pigment. Um, awesome. And yeah, I, I encourage more people to try. Yeah, is, yeah. Because I think I if think you're looking to do a background, yeah, <laughs> I, th I think there's a lot more ways of uh, of doing things more effectively. I've been trying to do research to find things that are replacing that we could try and replace the dry lock yeah. with that could be more affordable too, right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of companies won't do research to find out if something will harm an animal or not. Because to and them, that's not the audience, right? They that's have, not the audience. It's not worth it for them to yeah, pay to for this, the, pay for the testing. Yeah, you know, so we got to test ourselves. Um, yeah, so I've I've contacted um, uh, most recently um, Gorilla Glue. Okay. Because um, they have actually a few different um, spray coatings and stuff, and I was like, wow, that would be pretty cool if we could actually get a cool spray coating. And just put it but on, yeah. they, I, I talked to a few people, and they were all like, we we can't. They, they can't they, promise you it's not. They don't want to say problem. yes or yeah, no. We, yeah, we kind of. So I can respect that, but hundred percent. But I don't fully. It becomes a risk that you gotta be able to talk to the right people before you start trying it out, right? Awesome. Mm. Like you recently built an extension for uh, eighteen by eighteen by twenty four. Yes. Yeah. For some Cruzio Hilo. Yeah. How did you come up with that, and what was kind of the. You know, it's a, it's a rain chamber. Well, yeah, and part of the drive for it was I wanted something taller and I didn't have it. Yeah. Um, and also it let me, so I, I basically made a 10 inch penthouse on yeah. top of, that's a good way to put it, on top of um, an extra terror advertising. And <laughs> um, so within that, I, I put a, I put a rain chamber, so I, I have water water in the bottom, foam with a and it just leaves a bit of a water area, pump that rains that back down. And I actually have that on a uh, on a timer. So it goes off certain certain times of the day. And then I also have a misting system in there. Um, but it meant I can mount everything quite easily on an acrylic yeah. top and, and have have mesh up there or whatever but it meant i could actually have an active rain chamber that i could create a dry season quite easily not have to move animals yeah and that, they're not big enough to breed too. but you know when it kind of hits that point i can kind of go okay well this is the rainy season now and, yeah and i can then ramp that the rain up and there is a little like pond balsarium section in there there is there's a pond section i actually have um um caradina shrimp breeding in there that's awesome. Um, successfully. And, uh, and the frogs ever go in the water? No. No. <laughs> no. I, I have some floating plants and they seem to they walk across the floating plants um, sometimes, but uh, no, I don't really see them go in the water. But they are night critters. So yeah. they're doing a lot of stuff when I'm. When you're, yeah, not around for sure. Because they want it to be dark. As soon as the lights come on, they're not moving. Yeah, yeah. You know, it makes sense. So, but yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of... And what's your opinion on paludariums in general when it comes to like, like how they're currently being constructed and how they're thought of? Um, I think one of the... So many paludariums... Paludariums nowadays are kind of built more for fish than they are for reptiles or, or something like that. And... They're kind of more like repariums than... Yeah. And then, kind of, yeah. but then when, when, when we're, we're not kind of developing it, I feel like we're lacking stuff in the reptile hobby when we're doing them. 
you know, we do it as a, as a thing that the animal might need and we don't necessarily incorporate it as, as well as we could. And like, it's more like just a water feature than an actual yeah. filtered. Yeah. 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 We don't take it to the next level. It's, yeah. uh, and, and part of that is if people don't, if people haven't done fish before, they don't necessarily understand the nitrogen cycle. Yeah. They don't, you know, they don't understand that used aspect to water and of water the hobby. Hold yeah. exchanges every two days. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, I have a, um, I have a frog tank that's a, um, fire belly toads. Yeah. And so I've actually hooked up an external filter. filter so too. they're actually in an aquarium um that i've kind of made you know one third yeah. land and, and two thirds water it's like a little and and then i've right, drilled like a little, it yeah a little little yeah. kind of glass ledgy thing of as yeah. i've tried to make it deeper because yeah. my next thing is like i i think they need deeper water to breathe but i'm, I'm not sure yet okay um and but i've drilled it out and i just have a canister filter cleaning that out. Yeah. And yeah. it means their water is so much better. And you can do the water changes from the film canister? Um, on the, that one, I actually I probably could. I could actually yeah. put a T off uh, on the, just, uh, yeah. Um, makes it easy. On the valve. And, it, and it's things like that that are, that are more a part of the um, aquarium hobby. Where it's yeah. like coming up with aquarium hobby when you get into aquariums you have so many aquariums they are so much work to maintain yeah. you have to come technology. up with you have to come up with a way of doing it more efficiently yeah um where reptiles you know um bioactive in enclosures um people that simplifies things for everybody yeah. you know they don't have to clean out yeah which they, is not necessarily true but it's what people are doing yeah and it's <laughs> So, and for some species that works well, and for other yeah. species, it doesn't work yeah, so well. Exactly. Um, but it's it's trying to, there's other ways to kind of push it. So simplifying in this instance, you know, where I have the canister filter, um, yeah. pulling water at one end, pushing in the other. Well, if I wanted to be able to do an easy water change, yeah, I could then do do a split on that with a valve and just open up that valve. And have, and, that, and have that flowing down. off, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and in essence, could hook that up to something and push water back in. Yeah. You know, um, and and those are things that are. I did a lot of that stuff for the fish hobby, because I had too many tanks with breeding a lot of fish and plumbing too, and, right? And plumbing, so my my entire yeah. room would be plumbed. And, yeah. And and I still I try and do that with all of my my enclosures because yeah. like I drill everything. I want it. I don't understand it. I wish I did. Yeah. And slowly I'm helping them drill everything. Yeah. Um, it, it's true. Because it it just saves you. Right? That's not that's not where you want to be spending your time. Reminds me of school. I haven't heard that in a while. That's uh, awesome. No, I agree. Sorry uh, for interrupting. Yeah, yeah but, but that's not where you want to be uh, want to be spending your time with your animals, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Well, so it, like draining out the frog bins after they're on the lower level so i have to bring them up to like a, to this table or something and then right. hook up a tube to the right to yeah, bucket yeah. on the floor and then suction them out and it takes and I'm, I'm standing on top of it waiting making sure no frogs are running out or whatever mm. whereas when you drill it it's just flipping it around but yeah. even with like paludariums right like people are usually putting the pump within 
And so you have the wires running all through yeah. when you have all that kind of yeah. stuff. But now with the Paladarium that we are working on, stay tuned. It yeah. probably it won't be on this channel, it'll be on Daffy's Reptiles on our other channel. Um it's gonna be like a five or six part series of building a really, really, really big Mazakarn Paladarium. Mr. Greg here is helping me. Stay tuned. Um I'm not sure exactly when, but somewhere in the next couple of months it'll be out. Yeah. Um we're still working on it. I'll show you a clip of where we're at so far. But Greg drilled it, and so because the one thing that I really didn't want was wires running around and having like it just it just it it and having, ruins a, the look having a clunky right, pump know? in there that's exactly up and, up, and, and they got to get in there and try and maintain that's that exactly pump it. And, that's exactly and by by drilling you just have a canister filter there exactly that you maintain clean yeah well the old eighteen thirty six uh, waterfall I can't get to the pump anymore yeah and so now once it starts running it stops running and yeah obviously with a tank this big I don't want that to happen so yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, yeah. I, I agree. Pump, and, drill your tanks. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's kind of like, in my opinion, that's kind of the future. I think we've mm. slowly progressed our way through well, things. And when you're dealing with some smaller stuff, you know, I think people are still more prone to, to want to do a, a pump, but you know, I just use one of the little nano filters and it doesn't take up much room and it's great. Well, I, I think. I hope everyone is moving <laughs> towards wanting that because yeah. I think that's a, a, a much uh, um, more successful way of doing it. Um, I think the vast majority of people who make water features in enclosures they usually end up tearing them down. Usually tear them down. That's true. And I think the number one reason is pumps. Yeah. Pumps are a pain, a pain when yeah. you have them in there. If you have yeah. to maintain them, you have to clean them periodically, and you also have yep. to think like I think in, in nature there's like and not just necessarily with caladariums and pumps but even when you're draining your tanks the water isn't it goes somewhere right it, it doesn't stay in the same place forever yeah. um, so having it drilled is just it's it's a more even more of a kind of a natural way to have yeah. always having fresh water in there yeah and, and 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 then you have the media cleaning in exactly exactly yeah. all that stuff even um, Exoterra is moving toward with the frogs and coli, yeah. even they're moving towards like having, they're pre-drilling them now. Yeah. But if you drill them yourself, you can kind of dictate where you want to drill them. Where you want them. it. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. But, uh, awesome. but yeah, and, and you know, a number of years back, I, I started putting, I started, when I started drilling enclosures, I started putting, so I used bulkheads, um, misking bulkheads. Yeah. On the back, and then I'll put a 90 degree off of it. With a little piece of tubing that'll go down down to the bottom, touch the ground, and then on the outside you can put a valve, you can put a, yeah. another angle that goes up, whatever above the the water level, whatever be, and as soon as the water comes up past the bulkhead where the water flows through it, if you flip that down, it auto siphons it, and it'll just what it'll like just empty it out. So it. so you you let this come up, and at this point you could just flip the back down or open the valve, and it would just start. See which it needs it now. Like I, I have yeah. to go in and kind of yeah. do maintenance. So I would do. I, I would. I would have this, and I'd attach it. I would attach all of them along. Gives them each a little bit of run, so they don't backflow into each other. Um, and then just flip a valve. Yeah, flip a valve, and it just fills into a bucket off to the side. Yeah. You know. Um, I wish I had that done yeah. with my tanks. It's it's one. Eventually, I want to get yeah. there as well. But uh, I've seen it at Greg's house, and it's definitely a lot easier. Yeah, it's it's handy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, um, and that's where me starting to do some enclosures and stuff like that. Yes. 
comes, it, in, comes into effect yes. where I'm trying to cater a little more to, you know. Yeah, okay, um, no, if you, yeah, so what, what is, first of all, it's called Beneath the Canopy. Beneath, beneath the, the Canopy, canopy Exotics. exotics yeah. yeah. So what is Beneath the Canopy Exotics trying to cater to? Um, um, when it, or like, yeah, what was I'm, the purpose behind the... I'm the trying to do PVC enclosures that have good ventilation, have the capacity to put heat lamps and everything else outside of it instead of within it. So the top is, is mashed there. If it's the bigger it is, it has multiple compartments, but on the sides there's, there's vent holes. No, um, but like what, what, well, I mean, definitely I want to hear all that. We're yeah. going to get into like what the specific features of the tank is, but like, what was the, the reason behind starting? Like, what was the, mm. like you were saying now, like kind well, of tailoring to. Yeah. I, I want, I, I think, I think having the having an enclosure that caters more specifically to at least a, a generalized sense of where the species is from. So like having more arid type in enclosures and catering catering to that, um, or you know higher humidity and whatnot and more vertical stuff. I just think the hobby needs to go that way within PVC more, and. I'm hoping if I can get this kind of going in the right direction that I can be encouraging other people to, to other thing. companies to be doing the same thing yeah. and kind of progressing the hobby. Cause I, I look at people and they're buying, you know, a, a box, an yeah. acrylic box. Yeah. And I think, Oh man, you've still got so much to do on that. Yeah. Um, and, and they're like seven, $800 for a square box. Yeah. Yeah. An acrylic, yeah. And so it's trying to, I'm trying to, kind of keep things in a similar ballpark price-wise and be able to give the features that that yeah. are more more craving having a more sustainable product that you're going to be happier with you know and your animal is going to be happier and you know and we're back from our break no <laughs> um Woo. okay so we're discussing beneath the canopy before we get into the really cool enclosures you're making Let's talk about some of the other cool like stuff that you made. So, for example, this is not appropriately this, placed here, and it's not supposed to actually be here. I just put this, it out now. This innovative, uh, innovative little yeah. So, what thing. is that, Greg? This is a self-watering dish or, or a little uh, water okay. reservoir I made to go to go in a dish. So, so um, I, I was having a problem where. Um, the baby Cenodactylus, I didn't want to put too much water so they wouldn't drown, but it was also pretty hot in the environment. So it was evaporating far, far too quickly. Yeah. So this was the solution. It would be refilled so much, so, so he couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. I was just sitting next to the tank and yeah. filling it every 20 minutes. Um, yeah. the, 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 way, the way it works is the water fills up and as soon as it can't pull any more air into this reservoir, because this is sealed, um, it creates a vacuum and doesn't allow more water to come out until the water level drops down to a point where it can suck more air back in. And then it just um, fills the simple little dish. thing. It's it's been used for lots of different things. Uh, the idea, but yeah, a quick little. But this is some of the do, idea. Do some that, of the things you know, I'm talking about when yeah. it comes to like DIY in the hobby, right? Like, yeah, like not not a single product like this exists out there, right? No, strangely, yeah, strangely exactly. it, it doesn't. Yeah, um, and then another thing which I'm not gonna bring it out at the time, but I'll I'll. You know, I'll put it somewhere on the screen for you guys to see it. Is um, mountain horn dragons need moving water all the time, 
and um, I have a female in like sort of a quarantine kind of setup kind of thing. Um, she's just waiting on the big paladarium we mentioned earlier yeah. that's gonna come eventually. And so she was looking a little dehydrated, and you came up with a little bit of like a waterfall thing, but just within yeah. a small. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I just had a little a little glass um, glass tank, yeah, a few inches high that we could fill with water. Made a PVC little waterfall for for top water to kind of get pumped up and trickle down for her so she could drink. Yeah, and, exactly. and kind of get drawn to it. Exactly. Um, nice. Simple little thing, but you know it does its job, right? It makes like, a big difference when it comes and, to the well-being of the animal. Yeah. Exactly. And to be able to kind of, there's always a way you can buy something, or you can make it, or you can make it. Yeah. And depending on what your skill set is, but some things aren't available to buy, and, and some, some things just aren't available yeah. to buy, and. So that's kind of for people to try and push the hobby a little bit. Yeah. Because if people st start making it, then companies will start to, to follow and maybe hopefully start to be a little bit more innovative. The big thing is the tanks. Yeah, the enclosures are, they're my focus right now. Yes. You know, and, and kind of playing or playing with with different ideas and trying to expand a little, little bit more. Yeah, so what are like some of the key features of the Beneath the Canopy Exotics PVC tanks? Um, well, top ventilation on the, on the bottom of at least the arid enclosures, um, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're raised up, but you can't tell they're raised up. So there's an area in the underside that's opened up so you can put heat pads yeah. in it. And, and the heat pads usually have a little bit of a thicker area as well. Yeah. So, so the whole thing will fit underneath comfortably yeah. and still get its, it, 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 the airflow it needs. Um, and, like it's a thinner, and it's a thinner area so it's like if you had a half inch PVC across the whole thing you'd never get a heat pad to go through it very well right um, so then there's areas that are that are a quarter inch thick that could fit um, fit heat pads to, to heat um, yeah side ventilation I've started using um, using magnets yeah for things so yeah, like the doors on the smaller enclosures are, are all held closed by um, by magnet. So this was kind of a, a bit of a. So one of the first prototypes. One of the earlier prototypes. But uh, but yeah, it's just kind of nice and clean. There's it. The doors pop on and off the doors on magnets. Pop on and off. I've, I've started hinging a lot more now. Some of them do, uh, 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 will pull off like this, but um, I've been adding hinges more. Just because I feel like more people will want. To not have to figure out where they're going to put the face and can you point out the fan um yeah so in the like um on the side this was actually a fixed mount so i have i have internal um there's a little round vents in the sides and uh, and i've hooked up a uh, a fan to be able to to blow air through to kind of um so you can kind of put that on a timer and have certain times of the day where you're creating a little bit more airflow. Um, you might not want that for everything. Um, now I've been actually on some of the bigger enclosures I've been I've been doing. I've been actually making it so it's um, put on with magnets, and you can flip the direction. So if you want to air pull or a push, um, you can you can just flip the, um, the fan, um, or just not use it at all. I've also started to. I want to make it so people can, if your mesh goes on, like you get a tear in it, you can replace it. Um, so you can actually unscrew all the, the, the mesh tops 
and, and replace the, the mesh if need be in the future. Um, so you're not just kind of stuck. So those are kind of some of the main features that you've included with the PVC tank. Yeah. I wanna kind of touch on some of the smaller, less maybe visible, visible features that I also think uh, are really cool. Like for example, um, the, there's small holes in the back that are exactly yeah. the size of a temperature probe so yeah. that you can not have, I mean, this is something we were talking about earlier as well, like not having the wires hanging around everywhere and just yeah. having animals getting tangled up in the wires. So it actually comes in from the bottom at the back and um, it's, you, so you can cover temperature probe with the substrate essentially. Yeah. Um, does, the, does the temperature get affected by the substrate at all? You're like what? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. Um, <laughs> like, as in, well, so the probes are under the substrate, right? So does the, the the does the temperature accuracy does it ever get affected at all by the substrate? Well, I I, I think it, the reality is, is that's just a common practice of it's going to be a little bit cooler the farther away you get right from from the uh, um, probe. Yes, probably. yes. Um, but I think with the with the quarter inch PVC bottom, that's minimized as best you can. Plus, you can heat from the top. Yes, as well, and not that's lose nice. not lose interior space. Yeah, you know, having to put cages on lights and all this stuff just to um, try and give heat when it's like, oh, now the lights three inches away from you. Yeah, and why the full doors with the magnets rather than like sliding glass doors as is commonly seen in PVC uh, tanks. I don't really like, I, I don't like sliding it either, so glass don't doors. <laughs> um, I think there's a few things that I just find kind of annoying about them. They're kind of, well, number one, you can get only get like a little bit less than half of the opening open. Yeah. Um, or else you have to, to or there. else you have to yeah. pull them out and put them on the ground, exactly. which is um, you don't want to be doing all the time. Um, and I just find it's just a cleaner view, not having to split. Yeah. Um, kind of double lined. Yeah. Of the two panes, and the magnets I find are just convenient. I, I find them very convenient. So on the bigger enclosures. Um, like you know, also it's still got locks a more escape room exactly yeah and it's and it it's still got locks on it for the for the bigger enclosures because there's going to be bigger animals in it that can push um but when you close it and it just kind of goes and sucks it in you're, you're less worried yeah you are that's true you yeah. know it's there you could really in, in many cases walk away for a minute to grab something and, and not depending on what the animal is disclaimer yeah um yeah. but uh we need a whole bunch of disclaimers. Yeah, yeah, lots of disclaimers. Yeah. Um, common sense. Use common sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just I from what I've I've played around with a few different ideas, and I'm I'm finding that's the the most for me the most user friendly. Awesome. Um, and if you want to send out a message to the potential beneath the canopy exotics users about why your tank. What would you say? I know I just put you on the spot there. Totally just put yeah, me on the I know, spot. I know. Um, why my tank? Um, there's a lot of PVC enclosures out there. There are. There are a lot of PVC enclosures out there. Um, for me, I try and, I'm trying to think about 
the animal first. Okay. Um, that's really the way I want to try and push this company. Um, it's not a setup that can fit six snakes. It's, oh, you have a carpet python? Yeah. This is... Yeah, uh, I, I, will, yeah. I will try and yeah. do what I, what I can. I can do custom stuff if people have ideas of, of what what they want we can definitely talk and try and come up with with certain things you know like there's certain animals that just need different stuff you know yeah chameleons like chameleons are always a, are always a go-to you know high humidity animal that needs lots of airflow yeah like the dragons you know yeah so it's yeah. it's coming up with ways to to make that do you think you work. would pull off a chameleon enclosure in a pvc i think so i specifically with fans yeah yeah, I I do, and I I'd probably be more prone to draw the air out. Yeah, rather than um, than in. pushing in. Yeah. Um. Uh, but you know, then you're competing with humidity. Yeah. Keeping humidity in and stuff like that, but. Because um, that's the big battle, even with mountain horn dragons, that's the big battle. Yeah, but I think, being, I think I definitely think you can with a PVC enclosure. Okay. Um, especially if you're creating like I'm trying to create a lot of ventilation. And then if you don't want that much, you can always block ventilation. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's easier to block ventilation than add ventilation. Yeah. Um, so I have frog enclosures that I have little things that I, over time I've tweaked the, for how much, yeah. how much airflow I want yeah. going through. And, um, I'm prone to like a lot of airflow. Yeah. Whereas I'm the opposite. And so then I water. I, I missed like crazy. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's what makes me happy. Uh, in and my yeah. eyes, it makes the, the frogs getting Good fresher air exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and from the back side of it, like I, I have it too closed and I can't open them anymore. That's it. Right. It's done. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now I need to redo the whole tank field or recut the glass to be able to do it. So it would have been nice to have it more and slowly kind of shut it as needed. Right. Yeah. So 100% I see that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that 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 thought for me is I, I think ventilation is something that's that's um, missing a lot, especially in PVC um, yeah. enclosures. Just I think a lot more is needed, and again, like what we were kind of speaking about before of uh, having having enclosures that are really thinking about the animal first. Um, and setting up an enclosure for that specific animal. Yeah. Not, oh, well, here's an arid. Yeah. Here's an arid animal. Yeah. I'll just do this exact thing that I've done for six, other, know, species. six other arid species. Yeah. When um, different ones will thrive differently, you know, like yeah. making, a, making a background that's very three-dimensional with lots of ledges and things like that. One animal would use a lot. But yeah, another one doesn't really care about that. Yeah. It doesn't hang out on rock races. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, so kind of trying to think about that stuff a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then I think the uh, final advantage is size, right? Like exoterras size. are awesome. I yeah. love them, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest size of 36, 18, yeah. 36. Oh, exactly. If you need anything bigger than that, you're... you're and, that, and that's where I'm, I'm really kind of trying to focus on is getting good enclosures out there for larger larger species, species. yeah uh, someone who wants a bigger bigger setup and, and and being able to possibly do kind of built-in type things in the future you know yeah um 
I'm a cabinet maker by trade. Yeah. Um, so trying to do built-in things, you know, that would be more for the Ottawa area. But I'm talking yeah, with yeah. my hands a lot. That's always fine. I do it all um, the time too. Yeah, you were talking but, about having like um, four or five tanks kind of separated into, or yeah. four, sorry, one giant tank. One giant separate. tank with, you know, and, and that would be kind of like um, um, raising if you have a, a whole bunch of Cressy's breeding or a whole yeah, bunch of, exactly. you know, Cameroon, yeah. Bay Geckos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and being able to kind of have a, have a bay that you keep it. And then maybe eventually That's, not even need um, racks anymore because yeah. there's not really, like stacking. Yeah, and being, a, being able to stack and yeah. build and build systems to help them stack and create a, an airflow still. Awesome. And these, these are all kind of the direction I, I'd like to try and move it because I think it's, being able to make a wall unit would be just awesome. out of PVC enclosures. Yeah. And really animals animals first. Yeah. I, I love my animals. I try and do everything I can to give them as cool of an environment as possible. Yeah. That that matches. You know. One of the other things I started playing with was uh um I have a I have a double enclosure. So it's kind of like a it's a it's a thirty by thirty two inch um with the divider with two separate doors and the divider in the middle actually has a a, a a part of the panel is magnetized on you can actually pull it off to so my gargs kind of i don't yeah, have to mail i don't have to kind of go oh, okay i have to move them somewhere else i can just take that out like they can do the breeding now they have a giant tank and, for the two and they have their separation they yeah. can they can be in their own comfort zones yeah. but they can also kind of intermingle yeah. um so that's something else i'm kind of playing with and um, just trying to have some fun with it awesome. too, you know, and as time goes on, come up with new ideas and that's, I think that's what, one of the, yeah, the, the uniqueness behind the products. Like, that's one of the main reasons I want to have you on since everything is kind of very different to what we are already seeing. So yeah. I'm looking forward well, to thank you. what else you're coming up with. Um, again, you're currently tailoring mostly to like the Ottawa market. So you're like, I am right now setting them up and, and delivering them and stuff like that yeah but is I'm, there a shipping or sorry I'm, I'm i'm hoping in the near-ish near -ish future <laughs> yeah. to be able to be uh to be able to be shipping it really the, the hurdle with that is just trying to find boxes right and would you be you shipping know? them assembled uh disassembled, disassembled and then they'd be screwed together yeah so but it would be easy um, like, very easy yeah you know um everything would be pre-drilled it just you know, A matches A, B matches yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ikea. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, all you need is a screwdriver. Well, once again, first of all, let me say I'm very, very excited for to see the tanks actually fully rolled out and all the different additions and everything. I know the website is already up. It is up. And the first few tanks have already made it off the shelf. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I know personally, I already have a few of them myself. Um, but I'm looking forward to you know the next edition is coming out and we have yeah. different, different sizes and things that you're working on um so before we wrap up the episode um where can people go first of all to find you and keep up with what you're doing with beneath the canopy but also where can they go to kind of do their do their shopping ah yes um so i my site is um beneath the canopy exotics.ca awesome is where uh where my enclosures are and that'll be expanding i'm thinking i'm, I'm probably going to bring backgrounds and and some other stuff as well yes um you, the backgrounds are incredible you definitely need to do the backgrounds yeah they're like better than the anything i've seen so far 
So I'm, I'm going to start kind of dabbling in that direction, but that'll take a little bit. And then I have um, Beneath the Canopy Exotics on Instagram and Frog and Plants on Instagram oh. is, is my more more animal. Yeah, you're more personal than animal. More, kind yeah. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. And people can just reach out. Is there, is there any of those? You can contact me through the website or through my Instagram. And Beneath the Canopy is officially open for business. It is. You yeah. heard it here first. Yep. Beneath the Canopy Exotics now officially out yep. officially selling tanks yep hit them up get your custom snake tank your custom frog tank um personally i've tried it already with what well, we've tried it with a lot of species so yeah now yeah. dwarf cameroon they get cool as we raised babies i was being very very unsuccessful raising um the babies and then you built a custom tank that kind of fit their specification a little more yeah. and now 100 success rate since yeah. then um the heteronosia bino are in here uh, which is the binos geckos yeah. um taz the carpet python yeah in a huge three by two by two three two two three yeah. two two um and then i have my gargs you have your gargs and i have one. morning geckos yeah the morning geckos. um and we've tried it with serenses as well serenses, yeah. yeah so basically yeah. the point of me rambling on for yeah, a whole minute is we, we've tried it with a lot a lot of different species um it, I, I mean, I, I'm just helping with the testing because of how many animals I have, but um, it, you, you've done an incredible, incredible job with these Thank tanks. Um, yeah. I know I tell you this all the time, but you know, I got to say it on camera too. <laughs> it's, they're, they're an awesome, 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 um, awesome product that I'm very, very excited for. But enough rambling for me. Um, I think the beautiful people that listen to the podcast get the gist of um, I imagine uh, <laughs> awesome well once again Greg thank you for coming on thank you thank you for all the work you're doing with this yeah see look I'm still rambling um so frogs and plants beneath the canopy exotics frog and plants frog and plants why, why just one frog I have no idea it was a bad name frog <laughs> underscore n underscore plants there you go I, and if you didn't get that yeah. it'll be in the show notes yeah, all three I, links will be in the show notes um I'm Daffy's Reptiles on all social media platforms. Daffy's Roundtable for the podcast. I don't know why I got stuck there. Daffy's Roundtable for the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Even though I don't like the Rattler. Cheers. <laughs>